cuts it back 40, 45, 50. He's off to the races. Down the left sideline. To the 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Aaron Jones. Oh, what a play. This is the Quick Slants Podcast. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to the Quick Slants Podcast at Game on Wisconsin. I am your host, Jason Perrone. You can find me on Twitter at Jason Perrone. Send me your thoughts, comments, questions. Always love the interaction and support from everybody. Greatly appreciate it. And we have a victory Monday edition of the Quick Slants Podcast as the Packers defeat the Pittsburgh Steelers 27-17 at Lambeau Field and improve to 3-1 and on the season, winning their third game in a row so much to talk about, lots to get to. It's going to be a bit of a longer show today as usual after a game. But as always, before we dive into that, I must let everybody know that the Quick Slants podcast is brought to you by Artec Ventures. The goal in Artec Ventures is to collaborate closely with the founders throughout all the investment and fundraising stages, turning their visions into successful companies. Since 2020, Artec Ventures has helped turn great ideas into profitable businesses that make an impact on industries, communities, and beyond. So, the Green Bay Packers getting it done in a big way against the Pittsburgh Steelers. These AFC games I never want to take for granted. They're always weird. They're always strange. The Steelers have been good for a long time. Mike Tomlin's been around for a long time. The Packers faced him in Super Bowl 45, beat the Steelers. In fact, that was the last time the Packers beat the Steelers was in that game. The last two times that they faced Pittsburgh, Aaron Rodgers has been on the sideline with a collarbone injury. This was the first time Rodgers started against the Steelers since 2009. It was the first time he ever started against the Steelers at home. And the Steelers were the only team that Rodgers had not beaten, that is not named the Green Bay Packers, during the regular season in the NFL. And Aaron Rodgers checked that off of his bucket list on Sunday. Big victory. For the Packers. So they get their third in a row. Real quick. Obviously the big news after the game. Besides the victory was Jair Alexander. Going to need to keep an eye on Jair. He leaves the game with what Mike Garofolo of the NFL Network reported as a possible AC joint injury in his shoulder. We'll keep a close eye on that throughout the week. The Packers obviously are already down three really key players. And David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, and Zadarius Smith. Now Jair Alexander... Presumably the next stud in line on that list, unless you want to consider it to be Kenny Clark and not obviously including Aaron Rodgers, is the last guy you want to be missing and without in your on your defense. So the Packers have found a way to survive without some of those players, but they're going to need their dudes back and they need to be, be get them ready for the end of the season. And we talk a little bit about later on when we preview next week's game, the approach that the Packers might take with some of those guys in the injury. So as for the game itself, though, on Sunday, the Packers turned in a really good performance and another really good game plan. Kudos to Matt LaFleur and his coaching staff for getting the Packers up and ready to go for a big game. And we talk about how important running the ball is. you got to run the football. And against a team like the Steelers that has a pretty decent pass rush and a decent front up there, you, you've got to find a way to product, be productive in the run game. The offense for the Packers really runs through that run game, it's predicated on that run game and being able to set up some of those passing opportunities that we saw come alive on Sunday. So Packers ran it 33 times for 131 yards, including a couple runs by the quarterback 
uh, one of a, one of which went for the first touchdown of the day. Aaron Rodgers with a uh, with a four yard run for a touchdown. Absolutely fantastic day running the ball. And again, young offensive line. We'll talk about that in a minute. Second week in a row that they've done some really really good work. So I would have to say that AJ Dillon really did a phenomenal job leading the way with 15 rushes for 81 yards, a long of 25, which is the longest run the Packers have this season, which is crazy. But, you know, we're used to seeing Aaron Jones scamper and run for long yardage. 25 yards, longest run of the season. A.J. Dillon had that today. He almost housed it and got into the end zone, got down to the one-yard line. Uh, I would say that that part of the game plan, the whole running the football, went pretty well. So that worked. Whatever they had drawn up, it worked really well. And this is why you spent that second-round draft pick. Everyone questioned, why did they pick A.J. Dillon? He hardly used him last year. This is why. He's developed. He's ready. He stepped up in a big moment against a team that was having some success keeping Aaron Jones under wraps, although Jones did well today also. You know, on Sunday he did well. It just opens so much inside the 10 when you're a defense, and you have to choose now how you're going to defend Aaron Jones A.J. Dillon, Devontae Adams, Robert Tunyon. And, oh, yeah, the guy throwing the ball, if they're passing, it's just, you know, Aaron Rodgers back there, no big deal. A.J. Dillon was one of my two key players during the preseason when I talked about this before the season started. I did a show and talked about a key guy on offense and defense, and Dillon was my offensive guy. He needs to make a jump this season, and it was only one game on Sunday, but it's hopefully the start of something Dillon could build on and come in and take over, wear defenses down at the end of the game, burn out some clock, and just make it difficult. When the defense is gassed and they're they're not their full, fresh self, and you've got a fresh A.J. Dillon coming at you, that right there is something I think the Packers can build on and hopefully can make part of their offensive strategy and they'll find some success with that. Now, if we stay on offense, Aaron Rodgers did the rest. Behind another great job by the offensive line, I mentioned them, the young offensive line leading the way for Jones and Dillon, keeping Rodgers clean. Three sacks on the day. A couple of those were trip-ups in the backfield when Rodgers was trying to escape the pocket, which is still a sack, but not the same thing as the, the pocket collapsing. So I you know, I think that the, the offensive line, just once again, it's Adam Stenovich. Kudos to the fantastic job that he's doing with getting the most out of these guys. Um, you know, like I said, Rodgers tried to leave the pocket a couple times. He got tripped up. And so there were some more sacks on the stat sheet, literally tripped up, but apparently we're not calling tripping penalties this season, which we'll talk about that later. But sadly, we'll mention that again later, but Aaron Rodgers goes 20 out of 36, 248 yards, two touchdowns, adds one on the ground. And those numbers could have been even better. You know, Rodgers just missed a throw on to Robert Tunyon over the top. Joe Hayden gets a, a hand on it incomplete he had another one that was intended for Devontae Adams it was tipped and it was kind of intercepted by his own teammate Randall Cobb thought he was the receiver and he didn't haul in the pass so it falls incomplete so there was there were some points left on the field against the Steelers but getting back to Cobb one of his biggest days in the last almost five six years Cobb taught he caught two touchdowns on the day including Rodgers 420th career touchdown which ties Rodgers with Dan Marino for sixth most all time. And Rodgers had that look on his face during this game. He had this look on his face that I'm about to wreck the other guys across from me look that we've seen in the past. And it is a good thing to see. 
pun intended, look on his face, see, right? It is a fantastic thing to see. Rodgers is motivated, ready to do some work, tried to get the Steelers caught in 12 men on the field, forced a timeout, little glancing war back and forth between Mike Tomlin, Aaron Rodgers, a little mutual respect there. So it was it was a great day. Rodgers uh, completes a milestone. He's now sixth all-time in passing touchdowns, 420 and counting with more to go on the same day that Tom Brady set a new career, uh, all-time career mark with uh, passing yards. Surpassed Drew Brees in the Tampa Bay victory over the Patriots. So on the defensive side of the ball, really hard to complain about the job that the defense turned in. They won the turnover battle. They had two. They just gave they gave up only 62 yards rushing on 16 attempts. Not bad. The Steelers like to run the football too. They need to. Big Ben's not the same quarterback he was before. He can't sling it all over the place. And the Packers made the running. T- the sledding was tough on the Steelers' running game. Kingsley Kiki comes in with a huge sack, caused a fumble, and he, he you know again once again he shows up in bunches. Okay, last season he had four sacks. He had two. Sacks in a game twice. Ends up with four on the season. He just, he gets these things in flurries. What we need to do is see, we need those big plays. We want to see if he can do this consistently. You don't have to get two sacks a game. That's a lot to ask of a defensive lineman. But be consistent. Get the push. Create that pressure. That D-line becomes a huge problem for opposing offensive linemen if you're going to get Kiki productive up there. Along with Kenny Clark, who had another really good day today. You know, Kiki was my other. I mentioned A.J. Dillon was one of my two key players on, on the offensive side. On the defensive side, it was Kings of Kiki. Big jump we needed on the defensive line because otherwise that group up there is a little bit thin. With Dean Lowry and Tyler Lancaster, we you know, T.J. Slayton as a rookie, we don't really know what we're going to get from those guys on a weekly basis. But if Kiki makes that jump and he's ready to go, then I think this, this can be a really big thing for him. But he's got to stay healthy and he's got to make that contribution. You know, it does, like I said, it doesn't have to be flashy, but just be consistent. Get a push, make life rough for the offensive line across from you. Open up things for the guys next to you. Kenny Clark, open up things for the guys behind you. And speaking of the guys that are behind the defensive line, Devondre Campbell is a dude at inside linebacker. What a great pickup for this defense, man. He was fantastic against the Steelers. He led the Packers with nine tackles. He had a pass defended and a quarterback hit. He's making a difference in the middle. Teams aren't getting those big yards on passes over the middle. They're not, you know, getting these big chunk plays because Campbell is there and he's reading the play, forced a, an incompletion, a big incompletion on on a fourth down that the Steelers would have converted, and he's there and causes an issue. Just does a fantastic job. Now Warren Burks. Also got some snaps in the middle over Ty Summers. Seemingly, I think, because Burks has that speed Ty Summers doesn't have. I mean, it's, it is good to see Burks out there. Chris Barnes still out with a concussion after, you know, Burks didn't do a damn thing his first three seasons. So it's good to see him out there, and he's finally actually contributing a little bit. It's like a better late than never. But give me Campbell and Barnes, obviously, as our preferred starters on the inside. Depth, depth, depth. Okay. You want guys playing, but you want them playing the right number of snaps. So when you look at Ty Summers, Oren Burks, backups like Kevin King, 
and some of the younger cornerbacks. Shamar Jean Charles had to step in after Jair Alexander got hurt and left the field. You want them playing the right number of snaps and in the right position. You don't want them to have to fill in at a place where they're unfamiliar. So if Burks can step in and give some of these middle guys in the middle a breather, that's great. That's helpful. And I think the defense will benefit from it. So the defense plays a great game. Just turn the ball over on downs. Got a couple big turnovers. Eric Stokes with the big pick at the end of the game to seal the win. Just it's hard to find a lot to complain about with the offense and the defense. So I mentioned the officiating earlier. We know we had an issue with this a little bit last week as well. There were two calls in this game against the Steelers that drew a lot of conversation. The first one was the Steelers seemed to get a huge, huge play. They block a field goal, a Mason Crosby field goal attempt at the end of the first half and return it for what appears to be a touchdown. Flag is thrown. Joe Hayden and Minka Fitzpatrick were both there to easily block the kick. Hayden gets called for offsides. They retry the kick. The kick is good. The Packers are three points richer. It was very close. It looked like some on the Steelers were lined up close to the line, maybe offsides from the jump, and that there was also some movement just prior to the snap. But again, very close. It negated a huge play for Pittsburgh, and it was a 10-point swing. The Steelers get a touchdown off the board. The Packers get three points on the board. So that's life. That's life in the NFL. You know, then in the second half, Rodgers tries to run up the middle in a crowded pocket. It looked like T.J. Watt stuck his foot out to disrupt disrupt Rodgers' running lane, a.k.a. that's a trip. A flag was thrown. They were going to make the call. They were going to call tripping, and they picked up the flag and determined that there was no tripping penalty. And again, listen, I said last week, there's, there's, there's no real point in crying about the refs, but it does seem like when there's makeup calls that need to get made, and when you have a crew that's looking for a makeup call, if that's in fact what they do, then it just becomes a lame flag show. And the refs aren't really meant to be the story, but then they become the story. And that's just not what we want in the NFL. There are, there are many calls that happen in a season. The Packers have definitely been on the other side of it. So I, I you know, would I have been upset if I was a Packers fan? Yeah, sure, absolutely. You know, the roughing the passer on Jair last week, just some of these things, you know, but I've made my stance known about complaining to the refs and, and wanting to make a big deal of it. And I don't want to hear about it from any Steelers fans. It's too bad. It is what it is. You lost. All those Steelers fans that came to Lambeau Field and were making all that extra noise for the visiting team are going home disappointed. But getting, but getting back to special teams, despite the fact that they had that block taken off the board, they still gave up a 40-yard return. You know, they nearly had another kick blocked, even though there was offsides. You'll remember last year, the game winner against San Francisco was a fingernail from getting blocked too. So the special teams keep showing up on the wrong side of things. It's just a disturbing trend. I've said it many times. They have to get it fixed or it's going to impact the game at some point. And the later that they wait for the special teams to let them down, the bigger the game's going to be because it's going to be later in the season. You know, if it wasn't for the two really good kickers this team has and the place kicker Mason Crosby and punter Corey Bohorquez, special teams would just be a total disaster. Bohorquez, with a really big punt, with the Packers backed up and, and keeping, they were, you know, in the shadow of their own end zone and they, they, they he booms a 57-yarder and keeps Pittsburgh on their side of the field to start the drive. It's not a short field. 
and it's good things. It's all good things for the Green Bay Packers. Big Ben struggling, not, not the same quarterback that he was, and he ends the game with a pick to the rookie Stokes. So that was the Packers and the Steelers. So the Packers are now on to Cincinnati. little ode to Bill Belichick, whose team almost pulled it out against Tampa, the defending champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and Tom Brady, who visited Foxborough for the first time since joining the Buccaneers. Bill Belichick many years ago said we're on to Cincinnati. The Packers are on to Cincinnati. And they, may, you know, like I said, they may be without several key starters. Elton Jenkins and Jair are both dinged up. We know Zadarius won't be back. He's on IR. Marquez Valdez-Scantling's on injured reserve. David Bakhtiari's on pup. So we know they're not going to come back. We'll have to keep an eye on Big E and Jair, see how they're coming along. You know, you never want to give up on a game and kind of toss it in and just say, listen, we're going to just rest some, a bunch of starters because you can't afford to lose any games in the NFL. But a road game against an AFC opponent coming up here is going to be a really tough one. You know, they don't play in Cincinnati very often. The Packers play four of their next five games on the road. And if, if so if, if Elton Jenkins and Jair need another week to get right, the Packers are going to have a decision to make. Do we bring them to Cincinnati or do we try to get by without them? You know, the Bengals haven't been slouchy. They won a couple games. They beat the Vikings in week one. So they're not awful and they're playing at home. And Zach Taylor is going to be looking for a big victory against a, a marquee team like the Packers to help push his his agenda as head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. And it's not to say that the Packers don't have a chance to get a win. They can. They absolutely can. The Packers are still a better team than the Bengals overall. But those those road AFC games are always just weird. You know, it's the first noon game of the season for the Packers. And the Packers then the week after will go to Chicago and face the Bears. Another noon game. Two weeks in a row. You know, so... It's we'll keep an eye on what's going on with Jair, with Elton Jenkins, but all in all, this was just this was really a solid performance. Even though the scoreboard wasn't blowout material, I think the Packers could have definitely made it a much bigger gap of victory. But it doesn't matter. Style points don't matter in the NFL. Just get it done. The Packers did do that. They had some really big plays. They step up in big spots. And minus the gaffe at the beginning of the game where they give up a big 45-yard bomb to the Steelers. And I do have to say, you know, I, I harp on these little stupid nuggets of information that really are just kind of anecdotes. But the Steelers, for the previous 10 games prior to Sunday against the Packers, had not scored any first-quarter points. And, of course, on their first drive, what do they do? Like a hot knife through butter. I said it earlier this week. They're going to they're gonna walk right down the field. They're going to score on the Packers on the opening drive. Because that's what the Packers do. They let teams that are having trouble fix what's ailing them. But then the Packers somehow turn it in, turn it, you know, into high gear and they find a way to win the game. And I'm glad they did, but I really wish the Packers would stop being the asterisk or the the, the trivia question in all these opposing teams' books. You know, against which team did did our, did our home team finally fix XYZ mistake or XYZ bad trend? It was the Green Bay Packers. So, anyway, doesn't matter. Packers get a big victory. They're 3-1. and one. They're on to Cincinnati. On we go. There will be another show on Thursday 
kind of talking about the updates. We'll have some more information about the injury report and what else is going on with the Packers, any other news, notes, and nuggets with regards to the team. Get over to Game On Wisconsin. Check out the content over there, all the great things, all the, the great work that all of our writers are doing. I put the post-game cap recap up right after the game every single week. So get over and check that out. We've got shows every single day. Shows and podcasts. You need to be subscribed. Wherever you get your podcasts, subscribe to Game On Wisconsin and make sure you're subscribed to us on YouTube so you can check out all of our live shows. So once again, hey, it's Victory Monday. You know, the many Steelers fans, I heard them, you know, they're, they're going, like I said, they're going home disappointed. You beat the team in front of you and the Packers did just that. And as far as some positive nuggets and notes, it may not mean much. Aaron Rodgers has now beaten all but one team in the regular season, and that team is the Green Bay Packers because he has not played against the Green Bay Packers. But just a solid day by 12 and all the crew. Fantastic job. So thanks, everybody, for riding along. Hope everyone enjoyed the big victory over Pittsburgh. Enjoy this week, everybody. We'll have a show for you again on Thursday. Check out all the other great content as the Packers get ready to take on the Cincinnati Bengals and hopefully improve to 4-1. in one. As always, everybody, stay safe, enjoy the week, and go Pack Go! Rodgers fakes the handoff. Quick throw right side. There's Devontae. From right to left. Cutting left to the 50. To the 45-40. Track down from behind. 